morning, everyone. Good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are and whatever time you're listening to this. I'm Les Johnson, and this is my podcast. Hopefully you all can hear me well. I'm driving down the road. It's five in the morning. That's the life of, a, of an entrepreneur, right? <laughs> but I had a great question by a person and this person's name is Kyle and this goes out to Kyle but he asked me one of the questions was Les how do you up your game how do you get to the next level in coyote calling what what gets you there per se and I've, I've thought about that a lot a lot of times I get I get questions, and I've got to I've got to bake in them in them for a while. I gotta I've got to go a couple weeks, and and I think about about things when I go to bed at night, when I wake up in the morning, and when I'm in the shower. That's when I really start thinking about some of these questions, so that I can give you an honest interpretation and answer of what I feel like the answer could represent. So here goes. How do you how do you up your game? How do you get better in, in coyote calling? What what are some of the steps you can take to become better? Well, it, it's a phenomenal question. And I do have a I have several areas. And criteria that I think could really point you in the right direction. I'm going to start off with learning to be a hand caller. That's going to be number one. And what I mean by that is learning to call coyotes with hand calls rather than calling with an electronic call or an e call. And my reasoning for this is that when you learn to control sound, when you learn to control your sequence, when you learn to do some of these things, you're going to have a better understanding for the animal that you're pursuing. You also, in the end, will have a greater appreciation for the animals that you call in. When you call in 10 coyotes in a day and you call them all in with your hand call, at the end of the day, there's a sense of pride that goes along with that and accomplishment. Now, when you learn to use a hand call, If you take that game to the next level, what you are going to want to do is you're going to want to learn to tune your own call. You're going to want to learn to cut your own reed. You're going to want to learn to sand your reed. There's other aspects of running a hand call that is going to propel you to a whole new level of game. Now, what is getting to the next level? Does that mean you're going to kill 10 coyotes? Does that mean that you're going to kill five coyotes? What is the next level of game? For me, just being an accomplished predator caller, knowing that I give it my all and I'm not getting skunked. My, My lifelong goal when I go calling, my lifelong goal, listen to what I say. I always want to put one coyote in the back of my pickup, always. No matter what day I go out, if I go out for three days or three hours one day, I want a coyote in the back of my pickup. Sometimes you go out for two stands and the wind's ripping after that. So you might not be able to, to put a coyote in the back of your pickup, but my goal is to always, whenever I go out, end up with one coyote. 
To me, that's an accomplishment. That's what I set out to do. I want to outsmart one coyote. So I'm giving you an idea from me, from my point of view and my own background, what it is that I have pushed myself towards. So I want you to understand this. Also understand that some of you listening to me, you may live in a part of the country where it is hard to kill one coyote. It is extremely difficult to kill two or three coyotes. But that in and of itself is going to propel you to step it up a notch and be better and learn to pay attention to what it is that's making you successful on a particular stand, how it is you call the coyote in, okay? So you learn to use a hand call. You may learn to tune it. You may learn to cut your own reed. I did a lot of that, folks. I did it because I wanted to learn about the instrument that I was using to make sound that would trigger a coyote to come respond to my sound and my calling. I wanted to get inside of that call and understand how it worked. When people tell me, they say, Les, do your calls freeze up? I'm like, what do you mean? Well, up here in Canada, it's 30 below zero all the time, and I can't get a call that don't freeze up. Number one, you do not understand a call if you're asking me this question. Why is that? Because every call freezes up. When your spit leaves your mouth and gets on a reed, they are all going to freeze up. Every open reed is going to get spit underneath the reed so the spit builds up. What's it do? It creates a wedge between the reed and the, the call mouthpiece so it jacks that reed up and then that you are not able to make a sound with the reed. So you constantly have got to pull your reed up and flick that, flick that uh, frozen spit out of there or just use your fingernail and push really hard and crunch it out of there. It, it, it happens all the time. But for some people, they don't have the mechanics of thinking about it to understand how a call works and what helps it make the sound. So if you want to be a better caller, you better understand the call that you're using. Whether it's an e-call, whether it's a hand call, learn that instrument inside and out. <clears throat> now, what I can tell you about using hand calls, no matter where I've been in the country, some areas are exactly the same, the coyotes respond the same. In other areas, I've got to tweak my calling. Now, Les, what do you mean by tweak your calling? What I mean is, sometimes I have to call a little further out on the reed, meaning I've got to make my pitch higher, higher pitch, because the coyotes in that area really get more excited on a higher pitch sound. They're more used to a higher pitched rabbit or a bird distress, which means that you have to pull out on that reed to get higher pitched. Now, everywhere I go, I try to call deeper, raspier, kind of like a jackrabbit distress. I, I've always done that. Now, if I make four, five, six stands and I don't call anything in, I'm going to change something up. That's just the law of how I do things. I, I typically don't stay in one motion on everything, especially if I've never been to this area. I, I've all, I start out with Old Faithful, and then I change it up from there, always. So learning to use a hand call, what you're going to do is it's going to propel you to be in a better game itself. You're going to learn to keep keep tabs on your movement. You're going to learn to coax a coyote. 
You're going to learn to pay attention to that coyote's body language when it's coming in. So you're going to instantly know, okay, the way that coyote's looking, he's going to try to go to my downwind. My rifle better be facing there because I'm not going to be able to move whenever he gets closer without spooking it. So it's going to propel you to be more on your game. Whenever you set down to make your stand, you are instantly going to look out across the area. You're going to say, okay, I've envisioned Kyle coming from right there, and he's going to come across right here in front of me, and he's going to go to this side of me. He's, he's going to naturally go to my downwind, or he's going to come out of the woods over there. He's going to skirt along the edge right here, and he's going to try to get right to my downwind right here. So you instantly play these things in your mind when you set up the call. You're not just sitting down going, man, this sure looks like a good spot. If I sure think we can call a guy out here, you're going to be thinking of the alternatives. What's going to happen on that stand? So that's number one, learning to use a hand call. Number two is learning to shotgun coyotes. Now, this will probably really create controversy for some people because some people don't want to shoot a shotgun, and I totally understand that. But what a shotgun is going to do, it's going to take you to a whole nother level of patience. It bothers me, and this is just me, okay? It bothers me when I see people posting videos and doing this, and a coyote is running in, and people shoot it as it's running to them. Now, I've had to do that in instances because on Frederick West because I knew that coyote was going to get to my downwind or it was close to my downwind and I had to do something and it was outside of shotgun range. Now, there's, there's instances like that. I understand. But when a coyote is coming at you, it's telling you that he's committed and he's coming in. So now get ready to shotgun the thing. Now your, your movement's got to be on point. You, you've got to be hunkered down in the brush. There, there's other factors that'll take you to a whole nother level of game. Whole le nother level. And there's, there's a few people out there, oh yeah, we could have shotgun five of them today. I'm not talking about high rollers just running in and, and doing Mach 4 because you've got the e-call playing at, at nine volume and the coyote ripped in, you know, and ran right by you. I'm not talking about that instant. I'm talking about the coyote that's coming in really slow, walking and trotting the whole way in from 400 yards. And you don't want to rifle him at 100 yards. You want to shotgun him at 20 yards. Now that takes a whole nother level of game. There's very few people that can actually do it, in my opinion, because they don't have what it takes to close that distance from 100 yards to 20 yards for a coyote not to spot them moving, or they just don't have the patience to do it. They'd rather sit up and say, I'd never miss a coyote at 100 yards. Now, I've had people tell me that, and they did it in a competition. If a coyote hits 250 yards, I'm killing that coyote, Wes. And I said, why don't you let him come in closer? Oh, I, I'm, I'm dead dead set. I, I just don't miss. And I said, uh, I don't believe that. I don't care how good you are. You're, the law of averages, as the coyote's out there further and further, your, your margin for error increases a little bit. And obviously, in the national hunt, I seen him at check-in, and two nights before, he told me he doesn't miss a coyote at 250 yards. And they came in with like one or two coyotes. They thought they were going to win the hunt because when they scouted, they were there was just coyotes everywhere. So whenever I seen him at check-in, I said, well, I thought you guys were all over 
had coyotes all over you where you were going. Yeah, I don't even want to talk about it. I said, what do you mean? You told me you didn't, you wouldn't miss it 250 yards. You said, I missed five of them today. We should have placed, but it was, I don't know what happened, Les. I, I, I just, to this day, I don't know what happened. I dropped solid on every coyote, but I'm telling you, it happens, okay? I'm not trying to put anybody down. It is what it is. Usually our mouth gets us in trouble. We say things that we can't back up. So learn to shotgun coyotes. I know a gentleman in Southern Kansas. Excuse me, I'd take a drink of coffee. He wanted to up his game. He wanted to be like Les Johnson on Predator Quest. So he set out to shotgun coyotes. And he told me he learned so much about coyotes. And the way he went about it was he took only a shotgun on every stand. And he said, you cannot believe how many times when I called a coyote into 100 yards and they started going to my downwind, you cannot believe how many times you could actually stop that coyote for a shot. And that's that's one thing I wanted to tell you. I've done this before and I've, I've carried just a shotgun myself. You cannot believe how many times that coyote will stop and look at you. You can just make a lip squeak, just, and that coyote will stop and turn around again. As it's leaving, you can just lip squeak at it. But see, when we carry a rifle, we think we got to hurry up and make the shot, hurry up and make the shot. When it, when what it does with a shotgun, it teaches you patience. And patience in calling coyotes can be the number one thing that adds to success for you as a human being. Now, we can get into shotgun loads. We can, that's a whole nother realm, right? I like to shoot like one of these nickel-plated BB. I love pattern density. Four bucks okay, but I like nickel-plated BB, copper-plated BBs is what I've shot a ton of coyotes with. With my 10-gauge, I shot um, T-shot steel. I like pattern density because it hits them so hard. If, if they are at 30 or 35 yards, that it, there's so many pellets hitting them, a lot of times it just destroys them. So once you get into the shotgun game, you are going to learn how to shoot a shotgun better. And you're going to be more in tune with what loads it shoots the best and what choke tunes. So there's there's all different things. We can just keep breaking things down, you know. So now when you're in open country and you're using a shotgun, the game's a whole different, it has to be at a whole different level anyway. And when you watch Predator Quest, I'm laying out in the wide open on a cow trail, no sagebrush, no nothing, just out in the grass in Montana. And I'm calling in a coyote laying in a cow trail, and I set up and I shoot a coyote at 20 yards. Many people can't even believe it because my brother's behind me filming it. How do you do that, Les? Well, <laughs> it's because I've done it so much. There's a whole different level of patience. There's a whole different level of concealment. There's a whole different level of movement that you can get away with. The average person can't get away with doing that because they move too much. You can't move when the coyote's looking at you. Or you do it really, really, really slow. And as he's trotting, he can't, his eyeballs are bouncing. He can't tell that you're moving because you're moving so slow. And another thing, You've got to cover your face up. You can call coyotes in showing your face, but as a coyote hits 50 yards, he can see your round face. You've got to cover your face. People make fun of me. Well, they don't make fun of me. People come up to me at shows and they hold their hand over their face like I do when I'm calling coyotes and I'm peeking through my finger slots. And they go, let's get to calling, Les. They understand 
They understand why I'm doing that. You've got to cover your face up. Okay? Now, you're going to call one or two coyotes in without having to cover your face up. But the bulk of them, when they're just walking and trotting, and they have a chance to really look the surrounding over, and they're looking at a whole wall of grass, and they see this round object right here in front of them, they're like, what the heck is that that I'm going to? They start putting two and two together. You, you've got to have the rationale in your mind to think about this. But learning to shotgun coyotes can take you to a whole nother game because it's also going to propel you to call country that you would never call because it's tight or it's got thick draws or it's got really rough canyony draws that man if one comes up with a rifle or goes to leave i can't even get a shot but with a shotgun you can make a lot of shots or you're calling in a cedar swamp and the coyotes are just going to be right there in your face whenever you call them in so you've got to react quick and with a rifle you can't really react that fast and find them in a scope and make the shot whereas a shotgun you can actually kill a double and stuff like that because it just be boom boom and you're done you know so learning to call with a hand call learning to use a shotgun Number three, and this is kind of a, this is going to be just kind of a little bonus that I see you can do, but learn, learn to call something, call country, or call a set that doesn't look good to you. Learn to go out of your shell and say, I've driven by this spot a thousand times, but I think I ought to just go give it a try. Because our eyes can deceive us. Our eyes can tell us, man, that looks like a wonderful spot. Let's go call that spot. You know how many people have been with me? And when I pulled up and stopped in my vehicle, they said, what are we doing? And I, I say, we're going to go call a coyote right here. Right here? Yeah, right here. And nine times out of ten, I'll call a coyote on that spot. They have no faith in the spot because it don't look good to their eyes. You've got to learn to take a chance. It's just like living around a town, right? You live around town all summer long. You hear coyotes howling around town at different times. Maybe twice or three times a year, you will hear coyotes howling around town, around your house. And whenever you get up in the morning or you drive around, you're like, well, I always hear them back over here. But man, they just, they can't be back over there. They just don't look good. Sometimes it is good. To a coyote. Learn to get out of your shell and call something that doesn't look good to your eyes. I'm going to give you an illustration. And some of you guys are going to laugh about this. <laughs> it's actually pretty funny. So Jeff and I were in the National. This is a long time ago. This might have been in 1993. Typically, I was the guy making all the decisions on where we made the stands. And, and I did the call. And Jeff always sat in front of me and a little bit to my downwind. And he held the shotgun. And say we made six stands. And the wind started coming up. And it was just... I wasn't calling no coyotes. That was before I really understood where I needed to call. And and it's I'm sure the game was a little different back then. And I would just be mad at myself. I was frustrated. I wasn't calling the coyotes. 
wind was blowing 40 mile an hour. I was pissed off, okay? And, and I'm like, what do you think we should do, Jeff? He said, just pull over right here. And I said, right here? And I pull over. I said, I don't like this spot. He goes, well, I'm going to go make this spot with or without you. You coming? I said, no, I'm sitting here in the pickup. I was out like a little bitch. And I was right along the road. It was tall sagebrush down in this draw. Really tall sagebrush. On a windy day, that's what you should be calling. Down in the low spot. So Jeff goes down there. He's not down there. I watch him disappear into the sage. My pickup is parked on the road. And he's right, right out in the wide open out there in that tall sagebrush. Seven minutes into it. Probably. I hear boom, boom, boom. I'm like, what the heck? Out he comes dragging a coyote. He gets all the way to the pickup. He said, I knew you should have come with me. I called a triple. We could have had all three of them dead. So don't let your pride get in the way of what you should be doing. Okay. I got so mad at myself that I wasn't calling a coyote with what I thought I should be calling a coyote, the country I should be calling a coyote in. So I would get mad at myself, at my own ability, and I would pout, and I would be frustrated, and I would be just, I, I, I would be down on myself that I wasn't calling a coyote. So my brother would play his sound out of his call and he would have coyotes run him over and we should have had two more coyotes on that set but because I was so prideful and arrogant on thinking I knew everything and I didn't know squat we could have changed up our our outcome on on the the whole national event so with what I've learned is learn to take a chance on other spots that don't look good to you. Learn. <clears throat> learn to try something different. And when I lived in Wyoming, and all them years of competing in the national, one thing that made me a better caller was the wind. Learning to call in 40 mile an hour wind will tear you down as a man, but it will build you up when you learn that you can appreciate one coyote in a day because of your effort. You have to give it 110% on those days because you're not the only team having 40 mile an hour wins. Virtually everybody else is too. And they've got to change up their, their plan too when it gets windy. And it, it teaches you to try to figure out exactly where coyotes are bedded. And so that's why I feel like I'm very good at my day and age at finding coyotes where they bed, where they like to lay up for the day. I, I understand some of their thinking and understand why they do what they do to a certain degree. Doesn't mean I'm always going to be right, but I am. I am going to have a better understanding and a better law of average on being successful because I put I put all the groundwork in to understand that. So try some new things. Try to be try to think out of the box because to be a successful coyote caller, it would be wonderful to wake up and do the same thing repetitive day after day after day after day. Well, I'm using shelter belt cottontail today. I'm using shelter belt cottontail today. I'm using shelter belt cottontail today. Shelter belt cottontail does not work every day. Trust me. There's days it don't work. But a high percentage of days it works. So you've always got to keep that in the back of your mind that you can go to something if you have to. <coughs> Excuse me. So I'm going to tell you another story, 
And this story will help you understand. At least I think it will help you understand. And believe you me, folks, I don't want you to think I've got, uh, you know, I'm forgetful or this and that. But I do so many, I've done a lot of podcasts already. And I can't always remember what I talk about. I, it slips my mind, but I may have talked about this instance one time. But I want you to understand where I come at from this. I want you to learn from it. So I was taking this gentleman calling with me, and I would, I would call him an amateur. And he was wanting to get better, wanting to get better. And the way way I did it was, I said, he was in the national title calling contest, and he had this ranch that he had permission to hunt, 50,000 acres, 80,000 acres, I can't remember what it was. I told him, there is no reason you shouldn't be winning the national with this ranch. No reason whatsoever. But see, he... He, he done what a lot of people do, and he would go out there at 3 in the morning, the, the morning of the national when it started, and he would start howling, driving the roads and howling, just to hear the coyotes, just to say, my gosh, there is a ton of coyotes on this ranch. We ought to be just slaying them as soon as we can see. As soon as the sun comes up, we're going to get run over by five coyotes on every stand. <laughs> that's what his mind needed to tell him. And, and, and here's the thing. You hunt the ground like you know they are there. Quit worrying about having to hear a howl. Quit worrying about that. I have kicked so many people's butt in coyote calling contests and I've never, ever went and located coyotes. Never. Okay? But that is my philosophy. Okay? You can listen to other people. I don't care. Click off this podcast right now. Go listen to somebody else that's telling you something. I never, ever locate them because there's no way you can tell me that when you locate a coyote, there isn't a certain sense of uncertainty that comes up into that coyote as to what is going on. They, it, 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 in my opinion, it instantly raises their guard because they know that sound isn't supposed to be there. They know that that coyote isn't supposed to be there. They know something's up. <coughs> now, what I will tell you is that I, I utilize coyote howling when I'm in the field. If I have, if I hear two or three different bunches of coyotes howling, I always go after them. Why? Because they told me where they are. And I know right where they are, just judging what their howl sounds like. Yep, he's right over there on that big flat. That's right where that coyote's at. Yep. Them two are back in that draw, right back there. I think we can get a, we can get around the winds this way. Guaranteed, we can get right to that draw. That's how I do it. Okay. So this person, when 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 he wanted to know what he was doing wrong, he said, "I just my best day's been five coyotes on this eighty thousand acre." And I told him, I said, you should be winning the hunt every year on the national. You should be able to kill 15 coyotes in a day and a half on there, you know. Very diverse country, wide open stuff, and then really rough canyony draws, a lot of sagebrush, prairie dog town, you name it. Just a coyote caller's mecca. So I told him, I said, the only, only way I'm going to teach you something is if I go to where you hunt and I show you the way I would hunt. So we go there. 
and the wind dripping, right? It's it's wide open stuff, man. And it's the wind's blowing 30 to 40 mile an hour. And in those kind of conditions, if you kill, like I said, my goal is always to kill one coyote in a day. But if you can kill three or four coyotes in a 40 mile an hour wind, you're doing something, you know? Especially when you're calling, not just driving around shooting, you know? So we drive around. I don't know how many coyotes we had in the back of the pickup. I know we had a couple. <coughs> but we're driving around out in the wide open flat, wide open on a county road that runs through the country. But mind you, this county road gets no traffic. Maybe the uh, a, one rancher a day and a UPS driver. So the coyotes aren't, I mean, if you see a coyote, he's doing Mach 4 just because he's in the wide open and they hate being in the wide open, so he's running. But basically, the coyotes don't see much traffic out there, so they can bed close to the road. If there's no vehicle ever coming and there's a pocket of sagebrush by, a, by the road, they feel safe, they'll just curl up in a ball right in that sagebrush. So we're driving down the road, predominant winds out of the southwest. So I'm looking to the southwest. I'm, and that's on my driver's side. I'm driving to the west. I'm looking to the southwest. As I look to the southwest, over there about three quarters of a mile, you can see the backside of the hill. There's sagebrush on the backside of the hill. Now this chunk of sagebrush is not three to four acres in size. It's a really small chunk of sagebrush, but it's about three quarters of a mile off the road. And there's a two track that goes out across the wide open prairie. <coughs> but your, your, your pickup's in the wide, wide open. So from that sagebrush, they can see you. But here's the catch 22. We can turn off of that two track and go straight west and keep driving another three, four hundred yards and kind of get out of sight and then walk all the way back to that sagebrush. So that's what I did. We drove, I drove off the road and instantly he's like, what are you doing? I said, we're gonna go call that pocket sagebrush up there. Well, how are you gonna hide the pickup? I said, just don't worry about it. We're gonna have to walk a little bit. So I drove clear over there and then I had to drive out across the wide open third of the west and we had to walk a long ways with the wind out of the southwest I stayed clear to the north end of it as far as I could and I knew my sound I knew my sound could cover all that no matter how strong the wind was so we walk a long ways we get in there and I carried my rifle and my shotgun and I walk in and set up, and I'm clear at the north end of this stuff, because I knew if the coyote come in and circled out the wide open, I knew a coyote wouldn't want to do that, because then it's exposed. It's going to run all the way in in the sagebrush to feel safe, but it's going to loop down in front of me. So I blew really loud on my hand call. And I don't call real long. I only call. 20 seconds, 25 seconds, but I call loud. I, I, I blow as loud as I can, then I shut up. Then I blew loud again, and I shut up. And I mean, that's all it took, and I seen a white dot just ripping out across that, through that sagebrush, just bouncing and zigzagging. <coughs> I never even had to call again. That coyote ran right up to me, and I shotgunned it that quick. So, this guy had been calling in that country all the time, but he had never, ever, would have ever dreamt of calling that spot. That's what taking another set of eyes into an area can actually do for you. You can see things differently. But... I'm, I was on a different level than him anyway. He wanted to learn from me. So many people want to walk out, sit down, 
the wind's in your face, you got a prairie dog town in front of you with a beautiful draw out in front of you, and you just know there's going to be a coyote come ripping in right in front of you every single time. It doesn't happen like that. It doesn't. Some of our best stands produce nothing. Some of our worst stands get us run over by four coyotes. Always keep that in the back of your mind. Try things that don't look good to you. Try things that are out of the norm. Try things that may be too close to a, a town. Try things that are different, you know. Along those same lines, my last answer or thought to this question is get out of your security surroundings. If you want to step up your calling game, if you want to be better, you, you live in Wyoming, Kyle, every year plan a coyote calling trip where you go somewhere else and have to learn the terrain and learn the coyote. I can assure you, everywhere you go, there's going to be coyotes. It's up to you as a caller to figure out what it is that they like, what they, what they respond to, what it is, the sound that they like to hear, where it is they come from, the, the locations that are best suited for calling. Try to make a plan every year. Maybe do two times a year. Go somewhere. Do, go somewhere in the fall and then go somewhere late winter to call coyotes. I'm not bragging here, but I want you to understand something. From North Dakota to Texas, straight line north-south, all the way to the west coast, the only two states I've never called coyotes in and shot them was California and Washington. I have called one in California. I called one on my very first set in California, but I never had a gun. I was with Rich and Tyler Higgins going to give a presentation at the Orange County Predator Callers Association, <coughs> Predator Callers Club, and Rich said, let's see if you can call a coyote right here, Les. I said, okay. And sure enough, I called a coyote right in. Learning to call coyotes in other states, or even going to Canada, other provinces, is gonna change the way you look at everything. It can build your confidence up to a whole nother level. I'm very confident when I go call a coyote. That does not mean that I have uh, every day is an easy day. No, it is not. I can have tough, tough days, but I can tell you very, very, very few, few times in my life will I ever get skunked, ever. I can always rack one coyote up, always. And I make that a goal. I always make that a goal because You've got to have something to shoot for. You've got to always have that in the back of your mind. Even if you miss a coyote, you should have had one. But then you've got to step your shooting game up to be on par with your calling game and your hunting game. So try to step out of the box. Go somewhere else. Go to New Mexico. Go to Texas. Go to... Go to Nevada, go to Idaho, go to Montana. Go somewhere and learn the terrain. Go up to a rancher's door and ask for permission. Build a relationship. That's one thing about me. I just jump in my pickup and go. So many people think I have it jotted down. Well, I'm going to go to Idaho this week. I'm going to go to Oklahoma next week. I'm going to go in two weeks, I'm going to New Mexico. In three weeks, I'm going to Utah. No, I, do, I never do that. 
I don't do that because I look at weather pattern. I don't, to be a successful coyote caller, I don't think you can just jot down, okay, I'm gonna go hunt here today, go hunt there tomorrow, go hunt there the next day. I don't think you can successfully be an accomplished hunter caller doing that. I think you gotta, you gotta play the wind. You gotta play the, the country. You gotta, you gotta play the situation differently every single day. It can't be just, I'm gonna go call this spot right now and you're gonna be successful. I, I don't believe that. So, <coughs> me, I love calling in different parts of the country. I love it. I love challenge. But understand something as well. And we can we can leave on this. When I call coyotes, I'm very serious. Even when I'm filming for Predator Quest. Guys, I get upset when I miss a coyote. I really get upset. Because I don't I don't go out there laughing and joking. But this is me, okay? Understand something. This is me. I didn't get to be a, a very accomplished predator caller going out, hitting it up with my buddies, laughing and joking about things. I'm serious. I'm serious. I'm focused. Michael Jordan, when he stepped on the basketball court, he was zoned out. He was serious. He was on a whole different level. He wasn't laughing and joking and cutting jokes with his buddies. He had to be mentally in the game to be to be the three-point shooter and the you know the the assist player that he had to be. You have to you have to be on a different level, okay? You can laugh and joke about things. I'm not trying to cut people down for that. No way. But understand my thought process. I'm I think different. I'm on a different level altogether. I get mad at myself when I miss a coyote. If I shot this coyote right behind the front leg and, and I aimed right behind the front leg at 250 yards and I hit that coyote in the guts, my God, I'm shooting my rifle. I'm pissed off. I want to know what, what the hell gave me eight inches of drift that I hit back in the belly. I, I was rock solid when I pulled the trigger. That's how accomplished I am as a predator caller. I don't, I, when I miss a coyote, I know I, and I shouldn't have missed it, it's the gun or the optics or the bullet. I promise you, that's, and I joke about that on predator quests, that it was something else's fault, but that is the truth. <coughs> I didn't get to where I am today laughing and joking about missing coyotes. I got pissed off. And I took my, my, my heat out on the next 10 coyotes. I didn't miss them. My God, I dumped them hard. So, step up your game by going to other states. Learning to read the country. Learning to decide why isn't my sound I've, everywhere I've ever went, my hand calling has worked. Why would I want to change? Why would I ever change what's been successful for me? Never, ever, and I said we're going to leave on that, <laughs> that other talk. We're going to leave on this. Never, ever shy away what, from what makes you successful as a person. What has worked for you? Don't get too far away from that. It's easy with all the sounds. It's easy with all the gadgets. It's easy with all the toys to get wrapped up in things that are going to pull you away from being successful. Keep using and doing 
what has made you successful to this point. Maybe modify a few things that changes your game. Step your game up in a certain way, but utilize the things that have made you successful. Okay? Kyle, I hope that helps you. I hope it gives you a better understanding of some of the things that can really point you in a different direction. I would highly encourage everyone that listens to me to go go to go to go out of your comfort zone. Go to another state. Just look at a state, point your finger on the map and say, I think I want to go try right there. That just looks cool. I want to go try it. I'm telling you, even if you don't kill a coyote, you are going to learn a ton. You're going to make new acquaintances with ranchers. Always in those places that you go, always go knock on a rancher's door or a farmer's door. Go see someone and ask them questions about coyotes. Where do they see them? Where do they hear them? Does any of your neighbors have problems with coyotes? Have you heard of anybody having problems with coyotes? Where would you point me if I wanted to be successful at killing coyotes around here? Where should I go? Okay? You ask those kinds of questions. People won't look down on you. They will appreciate that. Okay. So I hope I hope this helps all of you. I hope it uh, it fuels your fire to some degree, makes you want to get out there and go after it a little bit. But I would like to say a say a prayer for everybody that's listening to me this morning. If you if you wish not to listen, that's fine. You can click off the podcast right now. That's perfectly fine. I understand. But I'm going to say a a prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for everyone that's listening to me right now. Lord, please help all of those that are listening. Give them insight to how they can be better, become better people, how they can become better hunters, how they can become better predator callers. Lord, give them the drive, the energy, the stamina, the determination, the willpower, to become better, not just better predator callers, but better people, more in tune with your creation. Help them to strive to be good people, to meet other people, to pass on their ways with other people. Lord, please forgive us, forgive us of our sins. We we know that we are in no way perfect, Lord. We we fail every day. In this world around